Jonathan Jana de Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello, welcome to episode 14 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. And to celebrate Stoke surging all the way up to 19th in the table, <laughs> I'm joined by Ben Cartwright. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, coming in late like a Stoke defender to a corner. <laughs> and also joining me is long-standing servant Chris Brammer. <laughs> Hello there. So, uh, after the disaster of Crystal Palace, it's good to get back into some kind of form. I mean, <laughs> a 2-1 defeat to Hull and a 1-1 draw against West Brom isn't much to celebrate about, but things may be improving. We'll talk about the West Brom game first. Ben, what did you make of the result and the performance? I mean, taking the performance first, I think obviously there is a there is an improvement there um, from what we've seen earlier on this, in the season. Um, Spurs and Palace are very much, I'd say, low points of uh, Mark Hughes's time as Stoke manager. So to sort of get better that is just a positive in itself. Um, but it's just it's just so gutting to concede so late on. I I was just so happy um, sitting there. We we were winning. We were gonna win. I convinced myself that nothing was gonna happen, which is obviously a disaster from the start. And then it all just comes tumbling down once again. And I mean, I predicted a Hal Robson Carnu screamer um and obviously that didn't come so there's the positive but i mean the negative is that it's another set piece goal that we've conceded and another set piece goal in the dying embers of a game um yeah so happiness and joy turn to depression and sadness quite quickly after after the game well the uh goal came from solomon rondon and yet again it appears set pieces are letting us down chris what do we need to do to sort out these set pieces? Because it seems that whatever we're doing, it's clearly not working. I mean, increased vulnerability from set pieces has kind of been a a hallmark of Mark Hughes's side. I, I mean, ever since Pulis left, we kind of expected that we perhaps wouldn't be as strong from set pieces. But, oh, just that goal, it just kind of... yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, re- I watched the... Um... I rewatched the highlights on Match of the Day, um, and I think it was Rude Hillett who was on. He was talking about he was basically ranting about uh, zonal marking and how he's not a big fan of it. Um, now I'm, I'm no I'm no football tactician as much as um, I'd like to think I am with my football manager saves, but I don't know. It, it seems like there's we, we definitely it's too easy for us to lose our men in the box area when it comes to marking set pieces. Whether that is a case of the system is set up wrong or it is just our players not knowing where they're supposed to be or whatever I, I honestly I honestly couldn't tell you I'm probably not the best person to to ask when it comes to like in-depth and tactical analysis of where where things go wrong what I would point out is that there was there was a lot of um aggro I suppose um when the when the goal was conceded that, uh, that Charlie Adam was in the wrong place, especially when you look back on the clips, he just seems to be stood in the middle of nowhere, just with no one around him. I don't know if he's at fault for it, but it is, it is a concern. It, <laughs> when you say what can we do to make it better, I would only assume 
practice harder. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what our issue is. Um, apart from is it a zonal marking problem? But then that's how we play. Um, it's a bit rubbish, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, there uh, was a thread in the Oatcake I saw today that was a uh, man marking versus zonal marking, and it's not really a debate I kind of sign up to because look at Leicester uh, on Saturday. They conceded three terrible, terrible goals from three corners, and they use a man-to-man marking system. So I don't, I don't think that's really the issue, and I also don't think that these grappling rules are a sufficient excuse, really, because whilst we've been penalised for them, perhaps a bit harshly, I think we should be able to defend without kind of yeah being too worried about you I know. Can- Throwing place. I can only assume it is just a, a lack of a lack of practice on our part. The same reason we don't score from set pieces anymore. We we just we're just not prepared in them. We don't we don't practice them on the training uh, ground. That's all I can presume it is because I don't know. From every set piece, we look shaky, and that just <laughs> that seems like a team who just don't know what they're doing when it comes to those those bits. Which is a real contrast from when we were. A, when Tony Pulis was here, when every opportunity came from a set piece rather than from open play. So, I don't know. Something to work on. Maybe Mark Wilson was right after all. Who knows? I think I think the pundit point. Uh, there's so many pundits, football pundits, obviously don't watch football, uh, watch football week in, week out. I hope so. Don't watch Stoke week <laughs> in, week out. Um, and they're, they're making this excuse that it's the Shawcross rule and that the fact that he can't tug their shirts anymore means that mm-hmm. he suddenly loses the ability to defend at all. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. And if he can't defend a corner as a centre-back and as our captain with his height, then it's just it's frankly pathetic, really. I think he needs he needs to sort himself out. He's, he's supposed to be a leader, Shawcross. And I mean, it's not obviously all down to him, but there needs to be someone organising um, the defence of a corner or set-piece situations. And at the moment... Every single time there's a, a, a cross coming into the box from a set piece, we look vulnerable. And it, that is not the place we want to be. And it's been like that for a very long time. So if we're not practising it, then Mark Hughes needs to sort his eyes out because we've been conceding from set pieces <laughs> for years. Um, and if we are practising it, then maybe that's even more concerning because it's not getting any better. Well, speaking of Mark Hughes needing to sort his eyes out, uh, the team selection <laughs> for this game, going back to the performance more generally, the team selection was met with a certain degree of disdain, I think it's fair to say. Um, positives were we got to see a uh, return to the starting eleven for Jordan Shakiri. Uh, Lee Grant was preferred to Shea Given in goal and played like a goalkeeper, which is what we like to see. Um, but the kind of controversy, if you like, came from a midfield of Cameron, Whelan and Allen, which <laughs> I think many would argue for a team at home to West Bromwich Albion lacks a little creativity and is perhaps a bit too defensive. And also the exclusion of Ramadan Sobi from the squad of 18, having by all accounts been our man of the match against Hull City. Do you think... <laughs> I, I'm, I struggle to wrap my head around that one. I mean, yes, he's a young lad and, you know, maybe regular games aren't his thing, but I think... We gave Peter Crouch a game against Everton on the back of a hat-trick against Stevenage in the cup. <laughs> so why, when Ramadan Sobi plays really well against Hull City in the League Cup, do, does Hughes ignore that? Good question, that. 
Anyone? <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was one of the three people at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium on on Wednesday. Um, I saw well the whole game, and um, Sorby was the shining light. I mean, he played against Premier League opposition, and he did a job against them. I think I I, I wouldn't potentially have expected him to start. I think that's way too radical for Hughes to ever consider. But the fact that he wasn't even on the bench. Um, the point I was thinking of was the fact that that last 15 minutes, I think both of their fullbacks are on a yellow card. And if you bring someone like Sobby on, he could, I reckon he would have caused absolute havoc to either of their, their fullbacks. I think he can play on both wings. Um, on Hull against, um, on Wednesday against Hull, he sort of flitted about and um, swapped wings with Arnie. So I'm sure like if the issue is that um, Shakiri wanted to come on he could have come on as right mid and the same thing for Arnie so it just makes no sense that he's not in that 18 and I I mean people were saying he's injured but surely he's not injured otherwise there would have been some sort of statement about that surely you would you'd assume so wouldn't you um although we're not exactly the most we're not the best at communicating these type of things are we um it, it, it blew me away that he wasn't in the match day squad at all. Uh, the same goes for Mark Munez. I don't know what has happened with him, why he's not even in the squad anymore. But it's just, it's Mark Hughes, isn't it? He, it wouldn't be a match day without a Mark Hughes question mark over the match day squad. I mean, well, another um, criticism he came on, came in for after the game was bringing on the aforementioned Charlie Adam and Peter Crouch when we were 1 0 up. Did you see that as perhaps? Uh, did you see that as an okay substitution at the time, or were you still thinking, <laughs> "Nah, what we're doing here"? <laughs> I I understood. I'm from a well, from a tactical point of view, I, I do understand why he tried to bring Crouch on. He was maybe wanting to go a bit more direct and try and um, beat West Brom in terms of height. Um, it just for me, it it didn't work. And this isn't to say that Crouch had a particularly bad game. I just felt that when Crouch came on, it he was there was no attacking midfielder to support him so he was he was left isolated and crouch does what he does and he can hold the ball up at times and like i say he, he didn't necessarily have a bad game um it's just i felt it really slowed us down when crouch came on we were going through quite a nice spell of uh, dominating the game bit of pace to us as well bringing crouch on it kind of just took a bit of that mobility out of the way and granted we hadn't scored before Crouch came on and then we did. I don't think that was a result of the changing game plan too much, but I don't know. I, I, we, we, it, with the balls that the team were playing, it felt more like he should have brought um, Juve on rather than Crouch. Uh, as for Charlie Adam, well, <laughs> he's he's just Charlie Adam, isn't he? he uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how much more we can say about Charlie Adam. He does what he does. He has shots from 30 miles away. Um, he loses the ball, makes a dodgy tackle, loses his man. That's what he does. It's like you can play bingo when Charlie Adam comes on and if you get a full house. and Yeah, I don't know. It's quite, it's quite just depressing. Again, once again. I don't know. I don't fully understand why Crouch is still a member of our squad at all. In all honesty, I've 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 put it public that I don't think Crouch is going to score a goal f- again for us in the league. So I'm I'm every time he comes on, half of me is praying that he's not going to score. Um, and yeah, Charlie Adam made the mistake in the week against Hull in in the in the League Cup. Um, sorry, in the EFL Cup, I should say. Um, and yeah, Crouch just he did he did just slow us down and. 
I think if Crouch is going to play up front, then he needs someone to be running off him. He needs that option to head it down um, or something like that. So I don't understand why he's in that team. Well, kind of looking ahead then, we've got a uh, fun away trip next week to Old Trafford. So that may be our first three points of the season. Who knows? It it won't. (laughs) Um, But after that, we've got uh, seven very winnable games. Sunderland, Hull, Swansea, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford and Burnley, who I'd probably, I don't think you could draw up a fixture list better from that, from our point of view in terms of getting results on the board. Would you persist with this same team then based on a more encouraging display on Saturday or would you be, or would you make changes? I'd certainly make changes to the squad. Obviously, bring Sobby in. I'd bring Munyessa in um, to the match day squad. I don't know if I'd, I'd necessarily start them. Um, one change to the eleven that I know a lot of people are asking for, including myself now, unfortunately, is Glenn Whelan. I just think he needs to go, um, or at least on the bench. <laughs> not go, I'm not going to send him out of Stoke just yet. Um, but yeah, I, he just looks so immobile. There's There are a number of times, again, um, that... We lose the ball. Whelan tries to go get it. Or he, 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 I think he should be trying to go get it, but there's no, there's no sprinting there. He's just jogging back, and I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Is he, is he worn out? Is, can he not be bothered? I mean, everyone, all the, some of the Stoke fans have a go at Arnie for not caring. I, at the moment, it looks like Whelan's the one that's not caring, in my opinion. Uh, Arnie's reaction to our goal was perhaps. One of the my favourite Stoke things I've seen for a that while. That's the highlight of the season um, so far, one hundred percent. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we should we, we should we should probably talk about the goal because we don't often get a chance to <laughs> on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, Cross came in from Shakiri. Arn Arnautovic has two men on him. Uh, one of the one of whom uh, nods it into the path of Joe Allen, who kind of uh, pokes the ball in, and. What a pandemonium. <laughs> Marco Nautovic, his instant reaction is to turn to the uh, West Brom defender on the floor and kind of, I don't know, laugh in his face, <laughs> uh, tell him off for daring to challenge him. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but I've, I've no doubt it was hilarious. And uh, then the camera cuts to him, Shakiri and Joe Allen, and Nautovic is just screaming his head off. <laughs> he's, 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 he's having a lovely time. Um, yeah, so... I've I've got a bit of a, a beef with some section of the Stoke support at the moment because uh, by a lot of accounts, he came in for some abuse uh, from the fans at the Hall game and and he's come in for some stick before that, you know. I'm sick of this stereotype that Arnautovic is, is lazy. You know, the old, oh, he doesn't try to back, oh, he's moody. Yes, he's moody. There's a difference between moody and lazy. And Arnautovic is not lazy. For God's sake, he, he he's one of those players where you just see him and he, like, he wants to win every game. He gets moody when he's not winning. He's like Ibrahimovic in that regard, you know. You can tell when he's pissed off because, you know, you know, he's not winning. But so to see Stoke fans kind of round on him uh, <laughs> during our bad form, it's just it's just bloody ridiculous. And oh, it just it makes you wonder what the hell we buy quality players for. <laughs> you know, we just we're just going to turn around and have, have a go at them. Bravo! Uh, well done. <laughs> that was that needed well, to be said. That <laughs> Dave. 
Do you yeah. feel better now? A little bit, <laughs> not really. Um, so, more encouraging performance mm-hmm. by all accounts. Uh, Hold was a heartbreaking one. <laughs> Uh, how are we feeling with regards to Mark Hughes's position at Stoke City? Oh, Chris. oh! <laughs> I asked you this you asked last me this, week, yeah, and, and I decided not to sit I, on the fence with it. Um, okay, so over the week, I, uh, I think first and foremost, what I need to say is I don't want Mark Hughes to be sacked. That's not what I want. The question for me was always, can Mark Hughes turn this around and? In my head, at least, I was leaning towards the fact that I didn't don't think he can turn it around. It's funny that we've had two matches that we were described as must wins. We've won neither of them, and yet there is still now a, a, a rounding majority that uh, <laughs> want him yeah. to, to, yeah, to stay it, on. I think, but but the, but the thing but the thing is, I, I completely I, I I get it. I I get why people want him to stay i get that we've had this tough run of fixtures it's a difficult start to the season we've played a newly promoted team we've played the would-be champions and potential top four in spurs everton we were potentially robbed even though we didn't play too well we never win at palace and our record against tony pulis is awful i get it but for me, it still comes down to the performances. We've granted we were better yes uh, um, yesterday. We were better against Hull, as the stats show, but we just couldn't get the win. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. I get why people want him to stay. I get why people want him to go. I don't think <laughs> I would love it if Mark Hughes could turn around and solve everything, and we stay with him, and he leads us to this glorious new future uh, where he is our leader, and we win. <laughs> titles and cups and everything that's what that would be that would be great yeah i don't know whether i believe he can do any of that i don't even know if i believe he can get us out of the bottom three i'm i suppose i'm willing to give him the opportunity but then is it going to be too late if we don't get results in the yeah. next few games man united may be excluded yeah <laughs> i don't know oh it's it's difficult um, life. i'm uh, yeah i'm i'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Chris, in a lot of respects. I, uh, yesterday afternoon, I was quite uh, vocally Hughes out. Um, I don't know if that was an emotional reaction to the <laughs> fact that we pissed away two points. But, um, yeah, the thing is, I, I perfectly accept that we've had a poor start uh, and, you know, played some tough games, as you said. And I'm perfectly willing to believe that he can get us sufficient points and we'll be I don't I don't think we'll go down I don't think we're in danger of going down with Mark Hughes as manager and for the love of God not Steve Bruce <laughs> but the thing for me is he is he had a winning formula mm-hmm. or a good formula and he's messed it up <laughs> and and he's and he can't consistently yeah he, he's like he's like he's got he's got too many ideas yes. in his head at once, and he doesn't know which nah. ideas to use. So, and he he spent a lot of money, and I still don't think he knows what his best team is. For me, we're still not creating enough chances, and for me, we're still too vulnerable nah. at the back. Now, West Brom was a better performance, and you know, looking at the fixtures we have coming up, I think we can do very well out of those fixtures. However, I don't. I don't see 
him progressing us. I, I w- I, my fear is that the West Brom performance is a bit of a dead cat bounce. That, you know, we're just, oh, well, we'll, you know, raise our performance level a bit while we're under pressure and then we'll go back to being rubbish again. Or we could, you know, or that could be the spark, you know, that sends us up the table. Uh, <laughs> you know, you yeah, know full well, I, I, Dave, I, I, you, yeah. you know full well. I, 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 I say I'm Hughes out, but I just, I, I keep trying to argue myself around to Hughes in. Yeah, kind of. and, when, and when we do the podcast next week, and remarkably our first win of the season has come against <laughs> Jose Mourinho's Man United at Old Trafford for the first time in God knows how long. <laughs> <laughs> the the winds will have changed again and we'll be like oh my god this is the start of something special it's just and then we'll I, lose I against can... Sunderland at home after yes, that yeah, well, by that's, the way. yeah and that's and that's typical Stoke it's just it's the, the frustrating thing for me is at times we are so close we are so close to being absolutely fantastic and we have played absolutely magnificently in the last few years at times with Mark Hughes we've also played absolutely torrid football and we we've looked incompetent and Mark Hughes's substitutions are absolutely crazy and there are just basic things that have got like you think every time the, the starting 11's announced how often is it a case of oh yeah I'm really happy with that or is it a case of what is he doing why has he done that why has he changed something there, there are so many things that he does that just <laughs> make so many people frustrated and we're so close to being a really good team um i guess i guess the then, issue for a lot of people well, is that if if we sack hughes then who else like you mentioned that we don't yeah. want steve bruce at all and i know that, that everyone will throw these names about but that is literally mm-hmm. that's all it is that is throwing a name about we don't know if if peter coates and stoke have the ability to bring in these names that people are saying i mean i don't have any clues i'm not going to be like oh we can't get them because i don't i don't i don't know if we can get them and that's the issue where I don't think Coates is going to sack Hughes in the middle of the season when he doesn't have an option that he knows that if he goes to them, they will come to the club and yeah. manage our club. Who who takes over if he if he sacks Hughes like straight away? I mean, yeah. that that's the question. Maybe. I mean, I, another point I want to make just quickly on the United game. Um, if we're going to have a chance of beating them, I know that you guys are very adept at using hashtags to help the cause. So I'm thinking that we start <laughs> hashtag free Rooney. Um, let's get him starting <laughs> next yes. week, and then, um, then we have a chance to beat them. Yes. That- yeah, it's kind of frightening just how good they are without him, isn't it? Uh, just watching that Leicester game, <laughs> God, Rooney must be so bad. <laughs> if just if you just take one player out of that Man United team and suddenly they just become like you know footballing gods without, I think it. that's what everyone's hoping to that will happen if Whelan gets dropped. Like if if Whelan sits <laughs> on the bench and suddenly we just turn into these yeah as you say footballing demigods and just obliterate <laughs> anyone in our path. Here's hoping. <laughs> well, we did drop Whelan for the uh, whole game, which I guess we've we've talked about a bit, but um, yeah, the whole game. Kind of interesting in that we absolutely battered them and yet still managed to lose. Uh, a nice goal from Arnautovic, which I think kind of <laughs> sums up his whole uh, I'm going to drag us out of this attitude. We're just kind of thrashing it into the net. And then, you know, we, we, we play well. Ryan Mason scores a volley yeah. from nowhere. They'll never score again. And then Charlie Adam. What's he doing? Uh, uh, just... 
Just yeah. try, trying his Ronaldinho flicks. <laughs> they get the ball. They stick it in the goal. And it's just, you know, we, we have conceded two last-minute goals in the last two games. So And, and their first goal was right at than... the end of the first half as well. Yeah. Literally, every, every, the concentration, yeah. I think, just is lacking. It's at really crucial moments at the moment. Yeah. And that and that was kind of uh, emphasised in the West Brom game by the incident that led up to the corner where there was a miscommunication between I don't I don't know who you really blame there I think you maybe blame Martin's Indy but I'm not sure but you know Grant's coming out for the ball Martin's Indy it depends if you'd just left it depends it, if Grant you know, called we'd have been fine I think if if Grant made a call I don't know I I if if Grant clearly said this is my ball and Mar- Martin's Indy heads it out then that's Martin's Indy fault but if Grant needs to make sure that um, Bruno knows that he's there and if he didn't know then the best thing is to do is to put it out for a corner it's a difficult one. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it just yeah it goes back to you know defensive defensive problems not being switched on, and you know kind of it's it's costing us and that that kind of thing happens when you're in a bad run of form. <laughs> um, but on the much more positive side, we we're not conceding four goals every game. So uh, happy yay, days. positives. Cues in. Um, well, speaking yeah, speaking of Hughes in, we did run run a poll on the uh, on our Twitter today. Two hundred seventy five votes, and seventy three percent were for Hughes in. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty strong mandate. I think uh, yeah. Corbynistas will uh, identify with that. <laughs> it's it's, so, uh, it's all right. The the, the what the twenty seven percent will now be plotting. <laughs> A coup behind his back. <laughs> 200 seat him. Yep, yep, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shall we just have some uh, tweets then? Um, Sam, uh, our good friend from uh, the Wizards of Dribble.com, at Sam the Lost, has uh, pointed out to us that our oh, chance, chances created uh, are going down. Uh, in fourteen fifteen, we created 359 chances. In fifteen sixteen, we created... 316. Now contrast that to Southampton who created 399 and Everton who created 360. Uh, I know you can't really get too, you know, deep into figures sometimes, especially especially when we're adding new players and changing the systems and whatever. But I think that is a pretty, pretty damning statistic when you see that sides around us are creating so many more chances. Is it that the, is it Another fault of Mark Hughes that we sign quality players but still can't get the ball into the box? It probably is. It's a bit of both, isn't it? I think I was going to say with this season as well, we haven't seen the best from all of our individuals. And as much as a tactician can, like, or a tactical manager can sort of influence play with the way we set up, I think the individuals, which is sort of coming into coming into light with the whole of the Premier League at the moment a lot of managers are blaming the individual individuals a bit more which I think is fair enough um, we see Shakiri coming back in and he made a difference uh, this weekend but Arnie's had his moments um, he hasn't had an amazing start to the season but he has scored some wonderful goals and I'm sure he's going to continue in that sort of in that way throughout the season um, but Boney comes in and maybe we expected too much from him but he's come in and hasn't he obviously hasn't scored I mean I'm not saying he's played particularly badly but he hasn't made maybe we, we we saw him as this like shining light to save us and and take us to the next level and at the moment that hasn't happened so I think 
there is a there is a basis that individuals have to perform as well, but that definitely Mark Hughes, I think, um, should put the, the blame should be at his feet as well. Okay, uh, just kind of uh, going through my phone here of uh, our three word responses to the West Brom game. Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of read out some three word summations, and if you guys uh, agree or disagree, <laughs> let me know. Uh, so, so we asked for in three words uh, your reaction to the West Brom game. Uh, Harry uh, says we need Bojan. <laughs> Agree yes, with that? yes, yeah. Well, it, it's an interesting one because he was really poor against Palace. He w- and people will say, oh, midfield maybe a bit better with a really defensive setup. I'm just being devil's advocate. But Whelan has also been really poor. So yeah. give Bojan a few yes. games. He's he's obviously not as confident as he as he could be. And in players in those positions, I think a lot of the time are confidence players. And if you've read articles surrounding Bojan as a player, then it's clear to see that confidence has been something that has affected him throughout his career, um, playing for Barcelona and and issues with that. So I think if we give Bojan a run of games in that that number ten position, then he's he's only bound to improve. He can only improve. Um, just Mark Hughes need to show that faith that he showed him in when when he first signed. Uh, Nathan says four three three doesn't work. That's not three words. Well, <laughs> I think he's four hundred thirty. Used artistic license <laughs> four hundred thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, used four three three as a one noun on okay, its own. Okay. Okay. Um, Pedant. <laughs> and, and doesn't is, is that one word or two words? I don't know. That's one oh, well. word. Come on. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I disagree or agree with that one. If honest, um, it can work in some cases. It, <laughs> it doesn't in others. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think that as we we just said about with, with Bowie, and we need that player maybe further up the pitch who links in with our strikers. But um, you can get that in four three three. I suppose. And uh, I think my favourite three-word response to uh, to the Wizards of Drivel Twitter account was uh, from an account called Old Man Relegation, <laughs> at Relegation Man. He was started following us recently. His bio is annual bringer of misery and financial doom to three lucky premiership teams. <laughs> and uh, Old Man Relegation just responded with, off to Sunderland. So uh, that... That's a that's a positive sign. Uh, I don't know who you are, old man relegation, but uh, thank you for visiting. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't stay around too long. Uh, yeah, that's another positive that we kind of brush past that we're off the bottom of the league. Yes. You know, we 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 would we would have gone up to four points. Uh, the only way is up, on, but no. The only way but is no. up, boys. S- Sunderland managed to throw away a two-nil lead. So, thank you, Christian Benteke. You know, there's that. <laughs> our our saviour, Christian. It was quite amusing just to see the instant exodus when he scored that. It was like <laughs> header, ball hits net, up go the seats, everyone goes flying out. That was that was quite entertaining. <laughs> the um, only way is up. So, yeah. So Man United. Yeah. Could could we? I, I, no, no, yes. I, like. See, at the end of the last podcast, I said we'd beat West Brom, and we didn't. So I think <laughs> I think we should make an outright ban on predictions. Maybe say things could happen, but don't actually, you know, say they will happen because you look like an idiot. Uh, Chris, can you see us getting a result? 
I can see us getting a result because I think that that is just Stoke City all over where you lose to West Brom. No, we didn't lose to West Brom. Bloody hell. Lose to Hull, draw with West Brom, play awful, get your first win of the season at Old Trafford. I just think that's just... That's that's football, isn't it? And it would just be typical Stoke. But then, on the flip side, I can see us losing 4-0. All four being corners. So. <laughs> <laughs> and all four coming from Pogba. Just to shut up those like football Bible accounts where it's like, oh, one goal but four haircuts. Now nah, he's going to score five packages, <laughs> mate. And that will ruin everything. <laughs> Okay, uh, before we go, I think we should just have a have a bit of a dig at the Daily Express <laughs> uh, because it, it's not, and not for the reasons you think. Um, one of them is that uh, uh, the back page of this morning's Daily Express was linking us to Steve Bruce, <laughs> which we kind of mentioned earlier as you know someone we don't want. Can you believe that even for a second that? Coates is sounding out. Bruce. No, no, no. <laughs> what? No, how? How would? How would they know about that? Coates isn't going to ring up his sort of pal at the Daily Express and say, "All right, mate, just letting you know, I'm after Steve Bruce because I'm about to sack Mark Hughes. Have this one. I don't. That's not going to happen." So, no. <laughs> Will you put a word in for us, mate? Yeah. <laughs> we want to. I just want to let him know that I'm interested. There's no other way of me contacting him. So Will just put it on the back put, page. Just put it in the Lonely Hearts section. Mate. <laughs> just put it. In. <laughs> Uh, and another thing the Daily Express did that's kind of gone around Twitter, so I haven't seen it, well, not that I read the Daily Express, but I haven't seen it in an actual newspaper or anything, is uh, the kind of pundits predicted table had us finishing bottom on six points and not won a single game. <laughs> oh, well. What do we reckon? Pretty accurate? Well, it's going to be blown out of the water when we beat Man U next week, so... Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Okay, I think that's it for no, D- Dave, um, Dave, Dave. Speaking of no, speaking of the of the press and the tabloids, don't you think we yes. should mention about how we got in the the sun this week? Oh yes. <laughs> um, first of all, I've got to thank everyone involved in the hashtag deploying goy movement for <laughs> reasons passing understanding. It's gone from strength to strength, and despite uh, Mark Hughes's uh, consistent. Uh, Lack of <laughs> deployment of Ngoy. Uh, the movement gets stronger and stronger every day, and and that's why the Sun decided to pick up on it and write an article on it. And it's it's on there in the on the Sun website. Stoke fans urge Hughes to deploy Ngoy. Talks about talks about the uh, uh, social media campaign and calls calls uh, Julian Ngoy the Belgian whiz kid, which is a great tabloid word. It's br- I thought what? I thought whiz kids were usually like really smart ten year olds, rather than you know footballers. But maybe maybe he is also yeah, a really smart ten year old. What what I'm what I'm loving about the hashtag deploy and going movement is that there are people who are tweeting it who I genuinely have never come across before, like on Twitter or anything like, which is lovely because it means that either they're just copying on Twitter or they're listening to this, which is great because, you know, that means it's not just us and our mates, which is brill. What I'm also loving, and I, I can't emphasise how much people need to do this, is that 
every now and again on Stout Loud and Proud's Facebook page, someone just is writing <laughs> hashtag deploy young guy on anything, on anything and everything, not just articles about Julian and Guy, like on on anything. I really encourage that. So you know, next time morning stokies hashtag deploy young guy, let's do it. It's our secret call sign. We're a secret movement. It's kind of like Fight Club. <laughs> So we're not allowed to that's talk about deploying Goy when no, you step no. in the stadium. Oh, yeah, only... that's, that's, a stupid, that's a stupid analogy. That's, that's, that's stupider than you. No, I thought we were going to go something like no, no, Hunger no, no, Games it's... where we'd all sort of stand up with our <laughs> hand signal in yeah. the stadium. No, it's not because, well, well, if, you, if, if we're going to use the Fight Club analogy, this, it, this podcast is the Fight Club. You're allowed to talk about it when you're in the Fight Club, but outside the Fight Club, no one is to know. So no one is to say, if someone but says... we're in the sun now. Everyone else knows already. Yeah, but they don't know where it came from, do they? <laughs> and Stoke Loud and yeah, Proud yeah, that, won't that, know. That actually annoyed me. I, I, wanted, I wanted either myself or this podcast to get some <laughs> I did. accreditation for that. <laughs> I, I was expecting a line like, oh, this uh, hashtag originated on the Wizards of Dribble. <laughs> None of that. No, no, don't be, mm. don't be ridiculous. <laughs> but I did, I did, well, I did see you, you tweeted the Sun and the Sentinel saying, please, can you give credit to this podcast for the original uh, hashtag? Please. No one replied to you. Well, I, felt... I, just, I just... Yeah, I just think if you do social media for any kind of website, newspaper, fan page, you should uh, give appropriate accreditation mentioning no names. <laughs> I think I think that I think that's it from us. Um, it's not a Wizards of Dribble podcast unless we spend the last three minutes talking about the Deploying Goy movement, so thank you for that, Chris. Um, we'll be back next week to reflect on the game at Old Trafford. Thank you so much for listening. We had an unbelievable response to the Crystal Palace podcast. I think you lot must just really like listening to uh, abject misery and girly giggling. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. No, thank you very much, Dave. And thank you, Thank ben. you so much. That's all from us. Come on, Stoke.